thank you dear Lord we bless you you're so good so kind and so merciful we exalt your holiness blessed be the name of the Lord thank you for all you've done for us this morning we ask that you flood our hearts with a revelation knowledge of your son Jesus fill us with the knowledge of your will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding that we will walk worthy of you unto all pleasing and bearing fruits in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God thank you father that we are blessed again this morning in Jesus name amen uh, please be seated you're welcome to a second service it's love and grace city church i want to uh, officially welcome the family of um, mr and mrs can we appreciate them you're welcome god bless you thank you so much for coming and I also want you to appreciate yourself also for coming for service. I also want to welcome a lovely brother, um, Pastor Titi John Tay. Can we appreciate him here, man of God? You know, we grew together in the same neighborhood. I don't know if you know um, John Tay Memorial. Yes, that's their son. Yes. He's a man of God and probably i'll talk more about him when we are done hallelujah um mr and mrs you're looking so lovely can we appreciate them come on wow hallelujah yes marriage is good <laughs> hallelujah all right um, all right so um i want to teach you a little so that we we can pray also a little while we started our series on Christian maturity and then we said that there are three beams of maturity we said the first beam of maturity is what we call doctrinal maturity the second beam of maturity is what we call ministry maturity and the third beam of maturity is what we call character maturity for a Christian to be matured, there are three beams that needs to be identified in his or her life. His doctrine, his understanding of ministry, which is also called priesthood, and his character. That's what determines the maturity of a Christian. So it is possible you may be doctrinally very balanced. You understand the truths of salvation. You understand very vital Christian truths and you are well established in the word of God. But if you don't have priesthood in active display in your life, so the Christian must be matured in these three areas. Number one is what? Uh, you're not here with me. Number one is? Number two is? And number three? Wonderful. So, we began to look at the first um, area of maturity which we call doctrinal maturity right and then we explained uh, we began to explain the eight most important doctrines of the Christian faith we spoke about the doctrine of God right we spoke about the doctrine of man and sin right then we spoke about what the doctrine of Christ so that's where we are now the doctrine of Christ so when we speak about the doctrine of Christ you're speaking about the God manhood of Christ many Christians have no knowledge of the doctrine of Christ and we began to look at um, the two major divisions of the doctrine of Christ we said that the doctrine of Christ first of all reveals the passing of Jesus and secondly it reveals the what the work of Jesus Christ. Amen? Last week we ended where we, when we began to speak about the reasons for the incarnation. Nine reasons why Jesus had to become a man. Hallelujah. 
Nine reasons why Jesus Christ had to become a man. Why did God had to incarnate to become a human being in the person of Jesus Christ? Now, if we don't understand this, trust me, we will have a problem understanding salvation. It's unfortunate that the average Christian does not even understand the basic foundational truths on, on salvation. If all you know about Christianity is die by fire, you are in fire. Praise God. Now, this is a serious thing I'm saying here. About 85% of, of Christians who are born again and saved don't understand their salvation. You ask them, are you saved? He says, yes, I'm saved. How do you know you are saved? Because I go to church. Because I pay my tithe. Because I have not sinned. From next week, we'll, we will go into the doctrine of salvation. And many of you will be surprised that all this while you've been a Christian for 13 years, 20 years, 15 years, and you still don't understand salvation. The doctrine of Christ is so vital because if we don't understand the God that became a man in Christ, we won't understand that God that became a man to save us. And we gave reasons why the incarnation was possible. Reasons. And we said, number one, the reason why Jesus had to become a man is to confirm the promises of salvation made to the patriarchs. God made a promise to Adam. He said the seed of the woman shall bruise the head of the serpent. He made a promise to Abraham. He says your seed shall inherit the earth. They shall be as the stars of heaven and as the dust of the ground. He was speaking about two seeds. Abraham had two seeds. Jesus, sorry, God told him that his seed shall be the dust of the earth. That is his earthly seed which is Israel. But he spoke of another seed. He says, your seed also shall be like the stars of heaven. These are two different things altogether. The dust of the earth is re re referring to um, Israel. Natural Israel. You know stars are divine elements, right? So the seeds, according to the star, were speaking to the church. Because we are not born of corruptible flesh. We are born of an incorruptible flesh which is the word of God which lives and abides forever so God made a promise to Abraham it is fulfilled in the person of Jesus so Jesus became a man to fulfill the promises that God made to the patriots the promise to Noah the promise to the prophets the promise to Isaac he had to come to fulfill it. Number two, we said the reason for the incarnation was to fulfill the law, the Psalms, and the prophets. In the book of Luke chapter 24, the verse 25, please pay attention. He says, then he said unto them, O fools and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. What did the prophets speak? Look, he says, ought not Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory? Look at the next verse, the verse 27. He says, and beginning at Moses. The word Moses there actually means Genesis to Deuteronomy. That's the five books of Moses. So he says, and beginning at Moses and all the prophets from Joshua to Malachi, he expounded, explained to them in all what? Scriptures, the things concerning himself. So we get to understand that whatever we see from Genesis to Malachi were things concerning Jesus. So the stories we read, Israel sinned against God and and. God sent venomous serpents to afflict them. They were dying. Moses went to, to God to ask for a solution. God said, design a brown serpent. Hang it on a pole. Anyone that looks will live. In the New Testament, Jesus came in, in John chapter 3, verse 14. He says, as Moses lifted up the brown serpent, so will the Son of Man be lifted up, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish. In the old remember, serpents beat them and they died. Remember through the fall. How did Satan come to man? Through a serpent. The effect of the fall was like a snake bite. So the poison corrupted man, which we had the fall. So the same experience Israel had, man had in Adam. 
the solution was that a bronze serpent was supposed to be erected bronze in bible signifies judgment anyone who looks at the bronze serpent leaves why because when you look at the bronze serpent you are saying that your sin is judged therefore you can't be judged so you must leave in the new testament jesus was judged as that bronze serpent by his lifting up on the cross so that this time around we don't look but we believe to live are we following this so jesus fulfills scriptures every story you imagine jesus fulfilled it story of something jesus fulfilled it something actually means the son christ is the son of righteousness his birth was prophesied by an angel. The birth of Jesus was prophesied by an angel. In the first miracle of Samson, he killed a lion on his, on his return. The carcass of the lion became honey, brought it to his parents and brought them joy. The first miracle of Jesus Christ, he turned water into wine at a wedding feast. And his mother experienced joy. Samson used the jawbone of an ass to slay 1,000 people. Jesus used two loaves of bread and five fishes to feed 5,000 people. There was a time something gave a riddle, a parable. Nobody could answer. He himself answered and gave the secret to his disciples. Jesus spoke in parables. He gave the secret only to his disciples. Are you following this? Something was betrayed by a woman called what? Delilah. Jesus was betrayed by Judas. He was arrested like Christ was arrested. He was hung between two pillars. A picture of the cross so you remember that day something prayed and asked god for his last strength to destroy them jesus prayed the father forgive them for they know not what they do on that day something brought down the pillars of the arena that brought three thousand people to their death on the cross after jesus was resurrected and the gospel was preached three thousand people were saved something's death produced death christ's death produced life are we seeing that so everything we see in scripture was pointing to Jesus Elijah, Elisha Elijah was a type of Christ Elisha is a type of the church when he was about to ascend Elisha asked for a double portion of his spirit the moment he saw him go a mantle was dropped Elisha took off his old garment splashed the Jordan River walked on dry ground and put it on in the New Testament when Jesus was about to go he told them that if you believe in me the things I do you will do also and what greater things Elisha did exactly double portion we do greater works so when Jesus ascended he did not drop a mantle he dropped a person called the Holy Ghost are you seeing this thing so it's very vital that we understand these things and when he received the mantle he did mighty works when we receive the Holy Ghost we are to do mighty works so Jesus is the fulfillment of scripture a story of Adam and Eve is a direct story about Christ and the church Adam was put into a deep sleep why because Eve was in Adam remember in Genesis 1 26 and 27 God created both Adam and Eve on the same day created male and female in one day but they were formed on different days Adam in Genesis 2 7 was formed and God breathed into his nostrils the breath of life so Adam and Eve was transferred into the human body of Adam so when Adam was walking Eve was walking in Adam when it was time for Eve to come out of Adam God put Adam into deep sleep and took the, uh, part of his wrist from his side and produced or made Eve when Adam rose from sleep, he saw a bride. Now, listen to me. The church was in Christ Jesus. We were chosen in him before the foundations of the world. When Christ was walking, the church was walking in Christ. When it was time for the church to be born or begotten, just like Adam was put to deep sleep, Christ was put to deep death. So the death of Jesus was a kind of sleep that Adam experienced so just like life was taken from the side remember that one of the soldiers took a spear and pierced where the side of jesus and blood and water came telling us the church is a product of the side of jesus even the child is understanding the revelation <laughs> hallelujah so when christ resurrected from the dead 
Just like Adam saw a bride, Christ sees a bride. Are we following this? So Jesus came to fulfill the law, the Psalms, and the prophets. Now today's message. The third reason why the incarnation was important was that Jesus had to become a man to give a complete revelation of the Father God. To give a complete revelation of the Father God. Now in the book of Hebrews chapter 1 the verse 1. The Bible says God who at sundry times and in diverse manners who in time past spoke through the prophets has in these last days spoken to us by his son. Now in the Old Testament the prophets gave a revelation of God but the, the revelation they gave of God was only fragmentary. They couldn't keep the full revelation of who God was. It didn't mean I had a man of God from Nigeria one time said what the prophet said about Jesus was a lie. They made mistakes in what they said about God. That's an error. Once you say that, you're saying the Old Testament cannot be trusted. But in 2 Timothy 3.15, the Bible gives authority to the Old Testament. All scripture is given by the inspiration of God and it is profitable for doctrine. For rebuke. For instruction in righteousness that the man of God may be perfect and thoroughly finished unto all good works. So hear me. The right thing to say about the Old Testament was that the Old Testament prophets only gave what fragmental truths about God. Jesus gave complete truth of who God is. Please, are we following this? Now, at least if you're a member of this church, you know me, right? But you don't know me well. You only see me dress well, preach well, and prophesy, and pray. So, if someone says, who is Prophet Love? And you're being interviewed, you're going to say some wonderful things. But there are two people that know me well. You know who they are? My wife and my mother. When they are describing me, you, you will say, hey! <laughs> so, you can give a fragmental truth about me, but my wife and my mother can give you complete. You know why? You know why? Because I have been with them. The reason why Jesus gives complete truth about God is because he was with the Father. Please, are we following this? So Jesus came to give complete truth about who God the Father is. Now look with me to John chapter 1, the verse 14 to 18. You will be blessed. And the word was made flesh and dwelt amongst us and we beheld his glory, the glory like us of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Now observe the verse 15. He says, John bore witness of him and cried saying, this was he of whom I speak, he that cometh after me is preferred before me for he was before me. Now look at the next verse. He says, and of his fullness have we received what? Grace for grace. Now look, next verse. He says, for the law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. The verse 18, no man had seen God at any time, the only begotten son, which is what? In the bosom of the father, he had the word declares explained him. So Jesus was the one that gave a complete declaration and explanation of who God is. Now look at chapter 14, the verse 9 of the same John. John 14, 9 please observe he says Jesus said unto them have I been with you so long a time and yet has not known me Philip he that has seen me has seen the father and how said thou show us the father 
So Jesus came to give a complete truth of who the Father is. Look again with me to the book of John chapter 16 verse 27. For the Father himself loveth you because ye have loved me and have believed that I what? Came from God. So Jesus came from God to give the full truth of God to man. Are you following this? Number four. The, sec the fourth reason for the incarnation. Please, you need to understand what we are teaching. Of. It will make you appreciate the salvation you have because many Christians are ungrateful with salvation. You don't know what you have. In one church, someone came to share a testimony and said, by the grace of God, I have not given birth for 11 years. By the grace of God, I have a child. Everybody was screaming, wow, glory, praise God. Another one came, by the grace of God, I have a new car. The whole church was screaming. Everybody said, praise God, hallelujah. One said, by the grace of God, I have a new job that is paying better than the, prop, the former one. And everybody was like, glory, the whole church was screaming. And one person came to stand there. He says, by the grace of God, God, I got born again yesterday. The whole church said, uh -huh. You know, they are, they are waiting. He says, uh -huh, You are born again. So, what's the next thing? What's the testimony? They don't know that born again is a testimony. So, they were waiting for the, test, the real testimony. By the grace of God, I'm born again. Uh -huh. Can you imagine? You see, so people don't value what it means to be saved. There are some of you, eh, you wish you can forfeit heaven for a Lamborghini. May God help you. I'm telling you, some of you, eh, at, at the point you even feel heaven is not real. Let me just have a good life. At least if I just get one Bugatti and one Lagatti, I'll be fine. <laughs> So, this thing called salvation doesn't... See, listen, it's like Satan has helped us. You know, the pressure of the world. Working and having small salary problems and stuff. So now, this thing called salvation doesn't mean anything. Problems have taken over our faith. So, if you ask anybody today, a blank check, what do you want? He'll say, a car, a new job, a comfort. Nobody will say like Solomon, give me wisdom. You see, I'm laughing. Someone say wisdom for what? <laughs> oh, come to here and we'll see wisdom. No, you see, so people don't know that. Listen, it, it is when you're on your deathbed. Eh? It's when you're on your deathbed and then you have five cars, ten houses. You will notice that all those things you were fighting for in life actually meant nothing. On your deathbed. It is on your deathbed you realize that life was simple. That if you had ten, if you had ten bedrooms, you sleep in one room. Everybody lives in a single room. For your information. I'm telling you. So the backbiting, the killing, the envy, life is simple. He says if we have food and what? Clothes, we should be what? Content. These are two things you need in life to be okay. I'm not saying that because of that. I'm saying don't pursue your dreams. That's not what I'm saying. But if the things you are pursuing haven't manifested yet, the Bible gives two things you need to be content. So many don't value this thing called salvation. In heaven, God will not ask you how many cars you have. He won't ask you how many houses that you have. Did you believe in my son? That is it. Many of you don't value this thing called salvation. Do you know that every other thing Jesus could cast out 
when he came to a demon, he says, come out. When he came to sickness, he says, be healed. When he came to leprosy, he says, be cleansed. When he came to sin, he couldn't cast sin out. He had to die. So every other thing that needed great help, Jesus handled it with ease in seconds. It was only sin he had to pray and say, Father, if this cup be possible, take it away from me. So do you know what it means to be saved from sin? I'm going to give you 30 seconds. Lift up your hands. Say, thank you for saving me. Just thank God. Just thank him. Just thank him. That you are born again. You have the Holy Ghost. You have been translated from the power and kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of his dear son. Do you know how expensive this thing is? Nothing can be compared to it. That your name is written in the book of life. Thank him. That you did not leave my soul in hell. By simple thing called faith, just by faith, just by faith, just by faith, you got born again. God didn't ask you for money, He didn't ask you for cash, He didn't ask you for anything, He just said, Believe. I value the gift of salvation, Father. Thank you for sending your son, Jesus Christ. To come and die for me. It is enough that Jesus died and that he died for me. I need no other argument. I need no other plea. It is enough that Jesus and that he died for I need no other argument I need no other argument it is enough that Jesus died One more time. I need no argument. I need no for the incarnation was to destroy the works of the devil and his kingdom thank you Jesus to destroy the works of the devil and his kingdom my goodness do you know that Satan has a mission statement his mission statement is in John 10 10 he came to steal, to kill, and to destroy. That's his mission statement. That means one of his purposes for existing is to steal, to kill, and to destroy. Now check what he did to Adam in the garden. He stole Adam's authority and glory. He brought him death, and he brought him destruction. That's what he did, and that is what he's still doing. Jesus came to manifest as a man through incarnation. To destroy his works. Hallelujah. Now, you, you need to know this that the four produced five major things, five major havocs in the life of man. Number one was sin, number two was death, number three was sickness, number four was disease. And number five was bondage. So in as much as these five things came out of the four, that is actually what empowers Satan's ministry to dominate man's life. 
Satan is busily making sure that he makes these five items consistent with your life. Satan wants to impact these things always in our lives. Have you noticed? Satan is always tempting you to make sure you sin. To make sure he puts disease on you. Sickness on you. Bondage. Look at the end goal of witchcraft. It is to kill. They just put you in bondage and kill you. That's the ministry of the devil. And Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil. Come with me to, to the book of 1 John chapter 3, the verse 5 and 8. 1 John 3, 5. Now, he says that, and we know that he was manifest to do what? Take away our sins. In him is no sin. The verse 5. Watch that. The verse 8. He says, he that committeth sin is of the devil, for the devil sinneth from the beginning. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested. I can't hear you. Was? To do what? That he might destroy the works of the devil. Now, the word destroying the works of the devil was not necessarily past tense. It's a past, present, continuous tense. He did it. He's doing it. He will do it. Are you getting this thing? So, he destroyed the devil, the works of the devil. He's destroying the works of the devil and he will destroy the works of the devil. Are you getting that thing? Because, you see, I, I gave an example in our Friday teaching. Please, if you, if you, if you don't come for a Friday prayer meetings, you're missing a lot. Okay? Now, I give an example. If there was a time, you know, Mike Tyson was the reigning champion, right? Was the heavyweight champion. Until one man called what? Holyfield. You remember Holyfield? He dealt with him. And even beat his ears. So, Holyfield beat Mike Tyson. Please, are you following this thing? Now, we need to do a very important analysis because there are some who just say, Oh, Satan is powerless. Satan, he has been dealt with. <laughs> Satan, he's a defeated foe. Ah, Satan means throne. And the foundation upon which they are saying what they are saying is a wrong foundation. They are saying that very carelessly and they are sleeping. Carelessly and they are eating. Carelessly and they will have a dream. Someone spat on your face. He says, ah, then they, then they sleep again. Now, when we say Satan is defeated, let me explain that through this heavyweight championship I'm talking about so you understand, so you don't underestimate your enemy. When we say holy food beat Mike Tyson, eh? when you see Mike Tyson walking, does it mean Mike Tyson has lost his strength? Oh, are you sure? Does it mean Mike Tyson cannot fight again in his life? What does it mean? The championship and titleship has been taken from him. His ability to fight is still there. Did you understand this thing? So when we say Jesus defeated Satan, Satan was the one who had the power of death. That was the heavyweight championship. Jesus defeated him, discomfited him. He made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them in it, the cross. So what Satan lost was championship to reign in the life of men through death. So that defeat didn't mean that Satan is totally powerless and does not have power anymore. Are you following this thing? I told you the last time that Satan has he has three main areas. I said he has deceptive what? Abilities? What again? Structural abilities and angelic ability. He didn't lose it. He didn't lose his angelic ability. He's still powerful as an angel. He didn't look, lose his deceptive ability. He can deceive. He didn't, look his, he didn't lose his structural abilities. Satan has structures. So. See, you don't know. Do you know that witches have cell groups? Or maybe you don't. <laughs> they have home cells. Oh, you don't know. 
they have branches. So if in a coven of eight witches, if they win a soul and the, the, the coven reaches eight, they open another branch. This was a confession of a witch. Oh. Then they open another branch and when they get to eight and when they win more souls, then they open another branch. Some meet at this tree, this, some meet at this river, some meet at this fitting shop. <laughs> you don't know. <laughs> so, Satan is well organized. Do you know that if you go and mess up eh, in someone's family or something and the demons of that family want to come and kill you or attack you, they need to ask permission from the demons in charge of your family members? Oh, you didn't know. No demon can trespass. They say, hey, they say, hey, then the demon say, no, 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 you can't touch it. We are in charge. We are, the, we are the principalities in charge of this family. You need permission. So sometimes you have to pay them before you, they attack you. Are you following this thing? If you check the rankings in Ephesians 6, there are different categories. He says we wrestle not against flesh and blah, blah. Against what? Principalities, first group. They are princes. One prince stopped Angel Gabriel from bringing an answer. This one is the first group of principalities. Gabriel was bringing an answer to Daniel. He stopped him and put him under custody. <laughs> Until Daniel kept on the fasting for 21 days and Michael was released. Reinforcement came. So even Angel Gabriel needed reinforcement. Listen, the demons that, the angels that fell with Satan, if they were stronger than other angels, when they were formerly correct angels, they are still stronger. See, there was a time, there was an argument over the, mo the body of Moses. Do you know what Michael said? Michael didn't argue. He said the Lord rebuked him. He didn't rebuke him. The Lord. <laughs> there are rankings and structures in the spirit. So Satan is well organized. See, he has systems. Do you know Satan has a research center? Before he attacks you, maybe he has realized that you are a holy creature. You like praying. You like fasting. So he will, he will call one of them. Do you have the files of um, uh, Prophet Felix? Mesu. <laughs> then I said, please give me, I'll, I'll get it for you. Then they get the, the files. They check it. Praise five hours every day. Hey! Fast six times a week. Okay, so what is his weakness? <laughs> That one, I can't tell. Only Satan knows. <laughs> it's it's highly, highly classified. Only Satan knows. So they'll do research. So they, they will find out how they can bring you down. And they will be doing it gradually. Gradually. You realize it. Gradually. Gradually. You realize it. Before you realize the things that is keeping you strong, you stop it. You see, that's why I tell people that this thing. The first area Satan needs to stop in your life before he attacks you fully is your prayer life. So if you're a Christian who has stopped praying, <laughs> hey Kalimoko, you are in trouble. You have problems. See, you have problems. I, I know what I'm saying. You know? If you are prayerless, I'm telling you, you are no match for the devil. The name of Jesus will be powerless on your lips. Go and check your Bible. There were a group of people called the Sons of Skiva. Eh? They use the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, Christ of Nazareth, whom poor priest come out. And the demon says, ah! The demon says, remember? And he locked the door. It's a quarter name again. <laughs> they left the place bleeding. They were bleeding. Check your Bible. They were bleeding. Tell me, a demon can beat you. I've seen a demon who has slapped the man of God before. I've seen a demon who was doing, they would say, if you are doing deliverance, I've been, that's why sometimes when you see me hide on the ushers, it's not my fault, because oh, I've seen some before. The man of God, too, know was doing the deliverance, and he opened his leg, he would say, come out, come out, and the demon gave him, boom! <laughs> the man of God recovered after one week. After one week. Hmm... <laughs> You see, if you possess what is in between that tie, that's when you understand what it means. That pain. You understand? I'm talking to somebody here. <laughs> so, demons are well organized. Tell somebody, demons are well organized. 
sometimes if they realize that they can't get you physically, they will have to attack you through a dream. That's why, you see, if you find yourself eating in dream, a spirit sleeping with you in dream, all these things, you see yourself going to school, not OSHA school uniform, they are going to school. It's a sign that your spirit is weak. Yes, it's a sign your spirit is weak. All, some of these dreams is a sign that your spirit is gradually getting weaker and weaker and weaker and you must rise up. You must put heat in your life. I'm teaching good here. So Christians, many Christians are spiritually careless. When I'm teaching on priesthood, you, your eyes will be open. That's why you need to be coming to church every Sunday. When I'm teaching on priesthood, which is the ministry maturity, you understand that too many Christians are careless. In my area where I stay at Bowie, there's a place, there's a cemetery there. Eh? In that cemetery, people are selling fowls. Just two steps to one grave, they are selling a fowl there. And they are selling water there. And they are selling coconut. Graveside, the grave has no wall. And they are selling it there. Do you know the implication? Almost every demonic activity are done in the graveside and mortuary and market and hospitals. So that foul inside, they keep the fowls there. Do you know the number of the, you see? Do you know in the Bible demons enter pigs? Do you know demons can enter animals? You don't know that. Now someone says, Mommy, can send a woman. When it's three, some of you don't observe this thing listen if you go to the market and buy food stuffs pray over the food stuffs because you don't know the seller many of you buy food see, you see that's why I should give you last time up to now the thing has pained me we were doing four glowing nights and then we were sharing communion one person said that they don't know who makes the communion and that COVID restrictions has to be applied so they didn't take it and I said you buy you buy wache you buy fried rice you buy indomie from people you don't know who prepared it and you are, you, you are asking for COVID restrictions in communion you are wicked the watcher you are buying do you know the preparer of that watcher you only think of the taste there was a bean seller some time ago eh? after some year one time she was she was fetching the you know the ngo you know, those of you that mommy zombie know, but they are seeing black, you know. When she was fetching it now, she fetched a snake out and somebody saw it. That was how the woman's business came down. So all this were all those who were eating that beans. There was snake inside the oil. You think people like you? You think people like you? So I, I don't know why I'm even saying it. I pray over everything. You pray over water when you are drinking water. You, there's one brand. I don't want to mention the name of the brand. I'm told that before they bring the water out, they, they put it before a god. I don't mention the name. But it's from an Asian country. Asia. They put it before a god. And they make incantations over it before they come and sell it. So imagine anyone who drinks it. That's why you become dull in prayer. You, didn't, you don't know the source. Because many Christians are careless. They think life is physical. I just ate. No, you didn't just eat. There are some food, there are some chickens you are chewing. It's human hand that you are chewing. Someone says, you are talking about incarnation. <laughs> what are you saying, man of God? Christians are very careless. Too careless. You had a dream. Someone says, Hey, Wunye, Jiblo, Mama Okansa, boom. Then you got up and say, Hey, Jesus, am I alive? Am I alive? You realize that you are still fine. Am I alive? You are alive. You never prayed. You never fasted. You, you just took it casual. After having a dream, someone, see, listen. Satan prepares people for destruction in dream. If anything takes place in a dream, it has already happened in the spirit. I'm telling you the truth. So, if you don't deal with it quickly, spiritually, and the thing go 
rose up in the flesh. That's how come a lot of cases, when we are dealing with it, it may seem as though the case is impossible. It's because the case was delayed. Do you realize that if there is a cancerous a lamp in your breast, okay, and you don't remove it, do you know it can get to a stage where now even removing, taking off your breast does not save you anymore? Have you noticed that? Spiritual, that's what happens. If things are manipulated in the spirit and you don't deal with it quickly and it coops up fully, you can't do anything about it. Listen, be smart, be observant. Before my son goes to school, we anoint him, we pray over him before he goes to school. My, uh, their mommy will ask questions. Did you, what food did you eat? If he mentions any foreign food that was not part of the food we gave to him, there's a problem. We have to pray for him. Because the foundation, if any spirit at, gets your son or your, your daughter and he attacks from the infants, from, her, from the childhood stage, you realize it. I'm teaching you here. How did I even get here? You, you think what I'm saying is very important? So listen to me. Every child of God must be spiritually alert. Whether the church is fasting or not, at least twice a week fast. Listen, do you know there were people who fasted for the death of Paul? Go and read your Bible. They fasted. They said they won't eat until Paul dies. Someone is fasting for your death. There is a spirit that is that wants to ensure that you are not alive. He knows he can't touch your spirit because your spirit belongs to God. But he can touch your body. He can touch your business. He can touch your children. He knows. So listen, be alert. Tell somebody, be vigilant. Be watchful. Hey, 10 days to my wedding, every 20 minutes I was urinating. Every 20 minutes, I was urinating. So imagine you are on the altar. You say, say I do. He said, hold on. <laughs> I've never experienced this in my life. 20 minutes, every time I was urinating. So I shrank, I became small because every, I, everything I urinate. It was an attack from the family. So we had to pray guess what three hours before the wedding I was urinating every 10 minutes so before I was about to come hey so so when we get, go to the altar the thing disappeared do you know when I, we said I do and we wore the ring Pam! that was the end You are not, this one is not clap. When, when we said I do, say shit. That's, so it wasn't that was over. The thing, Omar Arabia, so we can't do anything about it. That's what they went. So this one is not clap. So listen, you must be observant. Check your family. You realize in your family, nobody traveled, nobody went to school. Because the demons think if they didn't go to school, why should you? So listen to me. You check the track record. You must be smart and observant. The, the men in the family die by 55 years. Check it and be smart. Don't be careless. So when your friends are walking about, you can walk about. Because we are not the same. Our backgrounds are not the same. Some of you, see, when you are about to marry, you have to engage. You have to do 50 days fasting while somebody is eating. Because you know where you came from. I'm teaching good here. So, a lot of Christians are spiritually careless. 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 You check some relationship. Ah, when the relationship was going somewhere, now all of a sudden, that something just happened. You can't explain. We call that spiritual vigilance. teaching good here. So Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil. So listen, 
there is an aspect of Satan's distraction which came as a finished work of Christ. There is an aspect of Satan's distraction that comes by your partnership with the Holy Ghost. For example, you are about to eat and the Holy Ghost said, this food is poison. So don't eat it. And you say that you shall eat any deadly thing and nothing shall harm you and you eat it, you will die. Please, are you following what I'm saying? So that one comes by your partnership. There are some things, listen, listen to me. Sometimes maybe you want to travel and then you felt you shouldn't go. Or the Holy Ghost through a prophet said, don't go. Don't say, oh, I can go anywhere. God is still with me. At that time, prophetically, that traveling is wrong. Am I teaching good here? Apostle Johnson Suleiman had an attack where, where assassins were hired to come and kill him. And was given a confession of how they plotted it. They, not knowing one of the policemen was part of the plot. And he was the one supposed to drive the car. That day, he doesn't know he chose the bulletproof car. And when the policeman sat in and was about to drive, he doesn't know what came. He said, Get down, sit in front, I'll drive. Then the policeman bowed down, he said. And his daughter said, Ah, daddy, he told my mommy, why is the policeman bowed down? He said, No knowing it has spot the plan. And when they were shooting his car, it was the policeman that died first. You're about to eat a food. You felt, mm. don't eat. You hear, mm. then you shake your head. Mm. <laughs> mm. Hey, gaga, shaka. I know you eat it. <laughs> I know you eat it. did I get here? He came to destroy the works of the devil. Hebrews chapter 2 the verse 14. He says in as much as the brethren are partaking in flesh and blood, he himself likewise partook in the same that through death he might destroy him that had the power of death that is the devil. So we said one aspect of Satan's distraction is what? A finished work, right? And we said one as other aspect counts in what? Partnership with the Holy Ghost. So that one you must partner, you must pray. You must be vigilant. You must listen to the voice of the Holy Ghost. You must check your dreams. Some time ago I said if you're a Christian and you don't dream, you have a problem. I think that statement was wrong. Because there are some Christians who may not dream but they have intuitions every Christian has so if you are here you don't dream don't feel bad about it it's not a crime there was a season in the time the more I prayed the more dreamless I became not knowing God was developing my intuition more so I don't depend on dreams so I realized my sensitivity became more sharper than my dreams so if you don't dream don't feel bad but as you are working with God God will heighten one area of your life that he can easily communicate to you through are you following what I'm teaching you many of you have not discovered the areas God speaks to you but if you work with God for some time and you ask him he will help you there are some of you if you are in the wrong place you have headache you have not noticed it If some, something has gone on in the spirit, there's a way you begin to feel. You don't feel like eating. God was telling you he's fasting. Meanwhile, you don't feel like eating. But he said, oh, I eat every nine o'clock. You don't feel like eating. It's a communication. It's a communication. There are times you are there, you, have, you didn't think of thinking of your sister. All of a sudden, for like three hours, every minute, you are thinking of your sister. Do you know the Holy Ghost was giving you a prophetic intuition to pray for your sister? Listen, this life is so spiritual that we cannot take anything casual. 
too many Christians have found problems for themselves because they were not sensitive it is not everybody's dress that we wear it is not everybody's shoe that you wear it is not everybody's hairbrush that we use are you hearing what I'm saying? be spiritually sensitive and don't be careless I know when we start talking this way when God switches my message like that that means God is speaking to someone here it's not every good news that we share did you hear me it's not every good news that we share there are some people you don't tell them there are some people when you are about to travel we don't tell them when you arrive, you tell them it was it was sudden, so you had to go by mistake. You don't understand this. So many Christians have problems. Oh, it's respectful to tell the elders. There are some elders. <laughs> Listen to the Holy Ghost. Oh. Listen to the Holy Ghost. Why am I still dwelling? I want to move on. But I, I don't know why I'm still dwelling here. I don't understand why I'm still dwelling here. Please, lift up your hands. You want to pray a prayer for one minute. You want to say, Lord, help me to be sensitive when you speak to me. Lift your voice and pray. You also pray that, Father, every area where you speak to me, let it intensify. If it's through dreams, let it intensify. Maybe some of you, for some time now, when you dream, you forget. Pray the Lord. Every spirit of forgetfulness, every spirit in charge of making me forget my dreams, Father, let there be restoration. But you are praying that, Lord, help me to be sensitive to your promptings, to your voice and to your speakings to me because this life is too dangerous to walk alone this life is too dangerous to walk alone you need to ask help from the Lord the Lord let me hear your voice help me to develop sensitivity when you speak to me restore my dreams there are some of you you have intuitive powers you can feel something that is wrong you can feel it but the thing is dead it's been two years three years you don't feel it again you don't dream again something is wrong with your spiritual monitors something is wrong with your spiritual hearing you want to talk to Jesus Lord Lord every area of sensitivity that is dead let it be awakened again lift your voice and pray let me know when the enemy is attacking pray that prayer you you have no idea what this prayer is going to do for you tonight you have no idea lord lord make me sensitive lord help me to be sensitive from this day forth what the enemy plans lord reveal it to me what satan plans reveals it reveal it to me what the witches of my family plan Lord reveal it to me what demons for my family plan uh, reveal it to me any havoc that is about to happen Lord make me sensitive to it any plans of the enemy against my life and my children any plans of the enemy against my destiny and my future Father reveal it to me in the name of Jesus lift your voice and pray We are praying prophetic prayers. Five prophetic prayers. You are also praying any agenda of the devil against your life that you are not aware of. Anything Satan has cooked in the kingdom of darkness against you, against your family, against your wife, against your husband, against your children, against your business. You want to rise up in prayer and say, Father, any agenda of darkness cooked from the covings of darkness, let it be aborted in the name of Jesus. Lift your voice and begin to pray right now. You don't know, maybe an accident has been plotted. Maybe someone has put medicine in front of your office. 
You want to pray that anything that has been called by evil men, the Bible says, not not men, have faith. They are unreasonable and wicked men. There are some people smiling with you who don't like you. But you are praying that every trap of darkness against your life will not stand. Lift your voice and pray. The Lord deliver me from the kingdom of hell. Deliver me from traps of darkness. Deliver me from every evil manipulation. In the name of Jesus, lift your voice and pray. Rap, 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 rap,